just want to honour Ben because um, if you need a lesson in tenacity, look at this one because he actually starts training this week for his NPL team. You do? And uh, all year he's been like going, you know, like he gave himself a deadline. I either get in into an NPL team or I turn, go back to footy. And, um, and, and he just went, kept on going to trials, kept on training, kept on pushing, pushing, pushing because his dream is to play soccer and, and a good team and the National Premier League is the next step up. And, um, you know, he's had a broken foot and he's had all sorts of things go wrong, but he's just just put the vision in front of him and this year he got picked up by a, a pretty good team and uh, he starts training for that team next week. So, you know, it's like tenacity and just going, you know what, I'm not going to let go and putting a, a, a time on it going, all right, God, this needs to happen. And it's like, and it's just like sticking to it and, and it works. And um, so I just want to honour Ben for sticking to his, his dream and what he wants and um, not giving up because it, you know, God honours that. He honours that tenacity and he honours that stickability and guts, really, when in the face of, of um, is this ever going to happen? Um, he, wants, he wants things to work out for us more than we do. He does. He wants, God wants things to work out for us more than, more than we do. So this morning, I want to talk about the next 30 days. All right? Ooh. <laughs> Um, there's a scripture in Habakkuk, it says, write down the vision and make it plain that those who see it might read it and run with it. Yeah, Habakkuk 2, he says, he says make the, write down the vision and make it plain. Statistics, however, say that most people do not write down their goals, they do not write their dreams and they just kind of exist. If I ask this room and probably any of those listening online, if you could tell me your top 10 goals for the next 12 to 18 months, how many of you will be able to say, well, this is it. I look at these every day. I read them every day. I speak them out every day and I know exactly where I'm going and I'm focused. Yeah. <laughs> because, and that's the thing, but yet God's word says, write down the vision and make it plain. Why? Because then when you read it, you might run with it. So he actually expects us to run. There you go. That's your exercise routine for the week. You actually are expected to run. Da-da! <laughs> Couch 5Ks is great. I'll give them a little pleb. Um, what is it? little plug, not pleb. <laughs> All right. I need to pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word. I pray that the things that you've laid on my heart this morning, I'd be able to deliver them with clarity, with 2020 vision. Lord, that you would just ignite something in our hearts and our spirits, that you would shift things in mindsets in our minds, Lord, that even though we may have he heard these things before, Lord, that it would set something off new on the inside of us. We're like, okay, this needs to shift in me. So I pray new patterns in our thoughts, Lord. I pray old things that have been holding us back would shift today, would break off today, would just be left behind in the dust today. And Lord, that we would run, that we would run, that we would be able to write down what you've laid in our hearts, the purpose and plan and destiny you have for each one of our lives, Lord, that you are so intentional and you have a plan for us and that we would be able to write it down at these next few weeks, that we would know what the future holds for us, what you have for each one of us, Lord, and that we'd be able to run with it. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would stir us up today, that you would give us clarity of thought and heart of mind today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So most people don't know their vision. They can't tell your goals. 
They have no idea what they're heading towards, which is a dangerous thing. It's not God's best for us. He always has a plan. God is very intentional. You look through the word, it's like he did this, he did this, he did this. When something happened, he always had, had a way through. It's like Jesus, he was very intentional. He knew what he was here to do. Nobody could get him off that. The devil kind of tried to come and tempt him and he told him to get behind me, Satan. Peter tried to come and, and say, no, no, no. And he said, get behind me, Satan. It's like he knew what he was about. He knew where he's going. Every, every person he ministered to, every journey he went, every destination he went to, he knew what he was about. And it's like we are meant to be imitators of God, imitators of Christ and to do what he did. And so... For us to go, oh, well, no, you know, that might be just for those choleric type people like Philip, that they know what they're meant to be doing and they're visionaries. It's like, no, we're to be imitators of God. So it's okay for us so far, you know, to a point to go, oh, well, that's just them. But when we don't know what we're heading towards, what our life is about, what our purpose is in life for the day, let alone the year, there's an issue in us. It's probably called laziness. It's like, or fear. Fear of disappointment, fear of it not happening, fear if I put myself out there, what if I get beaten around? What if, what if, what if? But, but the word actually is very clear to write down the vision, to know what you're about. It says that I've planned good works for you to do in advance that you might walk in them. Walking, running, no sitting down on lounging around like couch potatoes. It's walk and run or stand. No lying down. I don't ever see that except when we're resting in him and heavenly places, you know. But it's like he has something for us to do. And so some of us, we need to just really, you know, the cholerics, they, they, they get it. Sometimes they need, you know, just to <laughs> woo for a minute. Woo! <laughs> but it's like, it's like we all need to know what we're about. Amen? Can we agree on that according to the word? Yes. God says write down your vision. And that he has a purpose for us. And um, he expects for us to find out what it is. To not be lazy and go, oh, well, if it's God's will, it'll happen. Half of, you know, like a lot of what God wills for us and our lives, we miss it in the sense of all the fullness of what we could live. You know that you look back on your life and go, oh, it could have been so much better. And it's like he doesn't want us to look back at our life and go, oh, he wants us to go, yes, I did, I fulfilled that for, to down to every detail what you wanted me to do. You know, Jesus, when he prayed for the disciples in John, he said that I have fulfilled, if you look in the message translation, it says that I have fulfilled down to the last detail the assignment that you set for me. That's our marker. Not what everybody else does, not what the world does, not what your neighbour or your great friend, you know, Uncle Fred did. It's like Jesus is our, is our standard. And it says, I have fulfilled down to the last detail the assignment, Father, that you set for me. That's our, that's our race to run. That's, our, that's what God plans and designed our best life to be. Amen? Amen? Amen. So those who have no vision wander aimlessly. We can become idle and where we, should, we can be where we shouldn't be. You know, King David, he made one of the biggest messes of his life by being where he shouldn't be. If you read in, in the Bible, it talks about when kings went out to war, David was on top of a roof lusting after somebody else's wife. It says when kings went out to war and he wasn't where he was meant to be, 
because he'd lost his vision, he lost his purpose. And when you do that, when you haven't got a purpose and a vision, you will get distracted and you can wander around aimlessly. The word says those who have no vision wander aimlessly or get themselves into trouble with other people's business. Amen? So that's why one of the reasons you know, God is very intentional in his word, as we said before, to know he lines it out what he wants us to live like. So he wants us to have a vision. So... As I said before, if you ask people in their latter years what they would do differently if they had their life to live again, reflect more, do more things that would outlast them after they've gone, and risk more. Risk more, reflect more, do more things that are around after you've gone. And that just doesn't include having children. Okay, so don't be smart. <laughs> I'm thinking, I can hear the, it's like, <laughs> tick, yeah, it's like, do more things, leave your mark. I mean, that is inherently in the inside of us that we want to leave an impact, and it's not being prideful. Even people who don't know the Lord, I was listening to somebody receiving an award this year, um, this, this week, and um, and they're like, we all want to do things that are going to have an impact and that are going to leave their mark. We all want that. You know, creative people want to have a song that's going to last for generations. People that do art, people who write books. You know, we all, it's inside of us that we know that we're meant to, that we're designed to leave an impact, leave an imprint, leave something that future generations will be able to go, look at what they did, I'm, I'm just going to be inspired by them. That's, in the, that's our DNA. Look at God. He left his mark. He, he leaves his imprint. And we're made like him. So it's part of what we are. We don't have to go, oh, well, that's just being prideful and, you know, all those sort of things. It's like we're designed that way. And we're designed to be able to take risks. If we had no fear, we would take risks. If we knew that God was with us, no matter what, that he, when he said it, that we could do it, how would we live? How would we live? We would live far different, I think, day to day than what we do now. And so risk more, reflect more, do more things that are going to outlast you after you're not here. So I encouraged you a few weeks ago to take 10 minutes a day for seven days to sit and dream and write down what, what was in your heart. Who did that? Cool, 20%. <laughs> Online? All right, take 10 minutes a day for the next seven days to write it down. Now, I did this. I wrote down, um, I think I'm up to 90. Uh, uh, 101 things is quite a lot of things that you want to do with your life. 101 places you want to go, people you want to meet, things you want to achieve, things you feel God wants you to do, things you want to eat, whatever. It's like, <laughs> it's for Benjamin, things you want to eat. Um, we're big, we're big. It's like... Sponsorship for Wheat Bix, if you're listening. <laughs> Unlimited Wheat Bix for Benjamin. Um, but it's like, you know, you should just stick that on your vision. If I want unlimited wheat. Wheat is better, okay. <laughs> Dairy farm. But it's like, to write down, who, who could write down 101 things? Yep, yep. All right then, have you done it? Oh, 
haven't done it. Right, 101 things this week. Just write it down. Take all limits off. Just a dream, imagine, say, God, just help me take the blinkers off, the weights off, and just to write down 101 things I want to do before I go to be with Jesus permanently in heaven. It's like 101 things. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, how in between you are, whatever. It's like I don't care about your bank balance. That is not what this is about. It's if you will put down on paper and start to speak it. God says write down the vision and make it plain that you might run with it because he says he will do exceedingly more than we ask, think, dream or possibly imagine. So you cannot say that this isn't God's plan for us to live like this. So 101 things, sit down for 10 minutes a day for the next seven days and dream. And when you've done that, pull it back to 10 things. But you've got to do 101 things just to get it out. Just to get out all the things that have been sitting under there, under all the weights and worries of the world. Things where you've been told, oh, you can't dream, of it's impossible and the devil's tried to hit it out of you and smash it out of you and discourage you. You've got to sit and allow yourself to dream and process and get healed up and dream. Dream, 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 dream. Releasing dreams. Yeah? So that you can do that. Then whittle it down to 10 things. But those 10 things are what you're going to run into 2020 with. Okay? C.S. Lewis said, you are never too old to dream a new dream. For those who think they're old, you are never too old to dream a new dream. So don't give me any excuses. Age is not the defining factor when it comes to dreams, goals, and having a vision for your life. You know what is? You. You are the defining factor to what you can dream and what you can envision what you can set a goal for. God made us with a purpose on purpose. Amen? It says, make the most of it. This is what I really felt the Lord. He just went blah, 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 blah. So I'm going to read what he said to me. He said, make the most of every opportunity. I know the plans I have for you, that you would walk in the good works I have prepared in advance for you, to give you a hope and a future, that you might have full, overflowing, abundant life, that your joy might be full, that you would have the eyes of your heart enlightened and be complete in me. That's what God wants for us. I just really felt his heartbeat this morning. It was like, this is what I want, that I have good things, that your joy might be in me and it might be full, that your life, Jesus says, I have come that you might have life abundant, not existing, not just getting through, not putt-putting on a little moped, but rip-roaring through life. And I know what it is to be disappointed to be honest, this has been one of the hardest years that Philip and I have been through for a long time. It has sucked in a lot of ways, you know, like it's been really hard. Family, finances, church, everything. Even our health has been, has been had, had a go at. And it's like, but God, he's just been sitting with me as I've sat with him and he's been going, get fresh vision. I'm not done. I've been, I've been working in this and, it's, and you are going to keep on going. The enemy tries to take us out. He tried to just discourage us so much that we would give up. He should know better. He really, really should know better by now. Yeah, no matter how many times we get hit, you can get back up. If you're still breathing, you have life in you because you have the DNA of God in you. You have the breath of God in you. Get back up. Yeah, yesterday we went to the question in the park and I watched this young woman. She didn't place in the top 10. She didn't win any prizes. But I tell you what, 
um, she was amazing. I watched at, at their warm-up arena and she was coming in and her horse started to have a spack attack. He was bucking and rearing and, and just misbehaving. He was really, really got skittish. And so she jumped off and um, calmed him down and checked him over. And I was sitting there with Isaac going, I wonder what she's going to do because he was like really like going for it. And um, I thought, surely she's going to pull him out. No, nope, she got somebody to help her get back on. She rode back into back up the run to the arena. He was still misbehaving. She just went and the person that was with her just pulled her in and slapped the horse on the behind and said, off you go. And she went into the arena and he was still jumping around and bucking. She went over the water jump and um, I think she had to do it several times. She just would not give up. She was just like... He was rearing in the water jump and not wanting to go over the jump. And I thought, surely she's going to bow out. She, nope, she just kept on going and she made that horse complete the course. And I watched her as she came out of the arena. And I thought, I wonder what she's going to look like. You know what? She had this massive grin on her face. She was patting her horse and going, yes, you know, and just like she was the winner. I don't remember anybody else's name, but I remember her name was Sam. I remember her. I remember how inspiring she was that she would not quit. She had every reason. It was scary. It's scary, a massive animal. And she was only young. And she was like, but she just would not quit. She would not give up. She's like, I'm going to complete this thing. It's not an easy thing to get into that, into that competition. It's like, what, you know, the cream of the crop do that. So she was already skilled, but she was having a bad time. But she just would not give up. And she inspired me. Out of all the other people, that girl. She was the one I noticed. And you've got to look at our lives in that perspective. If even maybe we think, oh, we've been hit, or other people might think we're losers, oh, you know, we're not very inspiring. If we just will not quit, God will honour it. And she is the one I looked at. Even though she won no prize, she won for me today. I think she was the winner of that day because she just wouldn't quit. And that's how God is with us. He honours it, but other people are looking on and saying, they haven't quit. Look at them get back up again. Look at them, they're still running their race. And that's what God has put on the inside of us and he wants us to keep running. But every time to get back up and go, okay, what's the dream? Is it still what God wants me to do? If it is, let's get back out there. We may have to change tack, we may have to take a different strategy, but we will just keep on running. And if we don't have it written down, if we haven't got it in front of us, we will forget in the heat of battle. Yeah, we will forget. And that's why it's so important to write it down. So God is very intentional and uh, he says we're to be imitators and to copy him. So what do you see? What do you see when you think of your life, of the next five years? See beyond where you are at today because thinking about where we'd like to be in the future helps us decide how we will live today. So I want you to take time in this next 30 days. So I'm going to make it smaller this week and actually think What do I see? What do I see when I look at my life? Where do I want to be in the next five years? Who do I want to be in the next five years? See beyond where you are. You know, it's like being an inside-out person. Sometimes we go, we wait for circumstances to line up and then we go, then I'll be that. And God says, no, be the inside. Be that person on the inside. See who you are. See who I'm calling you to be on the inside first. Know the why and then live out of that space. Because if you wait for your circumstances to line up with your life, how you want it to be, the chances are you're never going to live that life. You've got to see yourself first. 
God spoke to Abraham and said, look up at the stars and see how many there are. And that is how many your descendants would be. That was for night time. Then he said, look down at the sand and see how many grains of sand are. And that is how many descendants you will have. He was talking about us. And it's like he gave him something to look at, to see. He started to get that image on the inside of him. He changed his name to Abraham, father of many nations. So every time he heard his name, every time he looked up, every time he looked down, he would see the image that God said that you're a father of many nations. That's how God talks. That's how God thinks. So what do you see when you look at you? And if it's not what God says you are, if it's not who he says you are, you've got to start to see yourself how God says, that you're an overcomer, that you are spectacular, that you are successful, that you have a purpose, that you are healed, that you are provided for, that you have an abundance. It's like we've got to start to see. And all that bad talk, all that stinking thinking has to make way for what God says. You're not, you may think you're down, but you're not out. You may be hit, but you can get back up. You may be broken, but God says, I am your healer. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And I know what it is to be hit. I know what it is to feel like you're down in the dust. But God, he will lift us up. He says, he'll pull you up out of the miry clay and set our feet on solid ground. Amen? It's like, it does not matter. You are still here. You still have a reason and he still has a purpose for you. And it's bigger than what you're living now. It's bigger than what you're living now. To be an inside-out person. Get a clear image of what his destiny is for your life and live out of that space. Know the why because the why helps you keep on running. It's like, why am I doing this job? Oh, that's right. It's to get here. Why am I getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning? Oh, that's right. It's to get here. Why am I praying? Why am I doing this? Why am I? Oh, because I want to know God more because I, you know, like it's just like keep on getting back. Know the why. Know the why. Amen? Why are you in the gym? Because you need to be fit and healthy. Because you've got a life to live. You know, I run 10Ks a day because I see myself standing on a, a stage preaching to thousands in revival. I know if I'm not fit and healthy, I will not have the voice and the stamina to be able to do that. So I push myself to run. I put, train myself that I might be able to run the distance when it matters. It's like it's preparation work for what I know is coming. I'm going to be fitter at 50 than I was at 30. That is my vision. It's like I run, I do these crazy little exercises. It's like because I want to be fitter at 50 because I don't want to come into 50 when everybody has a sad and go, I am, no, I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to be like that. And so I say fitter at 50. That's me. Amen? Amen? So I set a goal. Don't let things come up and go, oh, it's a big birthday coming. Oh, dear. You know, it's like prepare Prepare, prepare, prepare for where you want to be. Amen? Amen. Um, so, so for the next yeah, for the next week and for the next 30 days after that, write down what it is. I repeated myself on my notes. So one of the things I'm reading, um, Terry Seville, Foy, Seville Foy's book, which I which I um, recommend, it's a good one, about planning it and pinning it and putting it in front of you. But she says, write big goals, but write small as well. One of the greatest ways to build our faith is to see results in small areas of our goal development. Write big way out goals, but also write small ones. And then when you achieve those small ones, it's like, yes, I've done it. And it increases our faith. 
So when you're writing down your goals, make sure you do that. I have a little list in my diary and every, of all the things I'd like and to buy or I need new things and every time we get one, I tick it off. I was like, and I put a date next to it. It's like, oh, look what God did. Look what he provided. And it gives me just faith to ask because God wants us to ask. Ask and you will receive. It's like he wants us to ask. He's a good father. And so write down big goals but write little ones as well. All right? Challenge yourself to set at least one stretch goal, though, that you would consider your highest expectation, which will need activation of mountain-moving faith to have it. So have little goal, but also have one really big stretch. Just land that on you, your stretch goal. One big stretch goal. For the next 12 to 18 months, this is. You're going to set goals for the next 12 to 18 months. Little goals that are easy easier to get and you go oh there it is but a stretch goal what it is maybe it's a trip maybe it's a new car maybe it's to stand and talk to some people or you know whatever run run a marathon you know like it's what it what is a stretch goal that's going to make you have to activate your faith because come on we don't want to be lazy we want to be ever increasing in our faith so smaller goals but a stretch goal and write it down all right In order to be effective, we have to be stretched, to have ever-increasing faith, to be bigger on the inside. Now, there's something, just as I'm I'm going to give you the 30-day challenge, but there's something I just want to really talk about at this point, and it's about focus. It's about write down our goals, we write them down and make them clear, but then we've got to focus. And there's something called a reticular activating system that is not reticulation, that is reticular activating system and it's the law of attraction of about seeing what you're looking for is um, when you don't know what you're looking for, you won't see it. Whereas if you, like it's if you thought about a red car, well actually, Shara, Shara's um, blonded her hair a little bit and um, we were talking about her blonding her hair for a, a couple of days and everywhere we went, we kept on seeing all these people with blonded hair that had been brunettes, like it was like, Everywhere we, oh, oh, there's another one. Oh, see, they did it. And oh, there's another one. And it was everywhere in the shops. All we could see was people who'd been dark-haired that had blonded their hair. That's called your reticular activating system at work. It makes you hone in on those things that you're focused on. That is a God-given thing because it's like, it's almost like it filters out. You have so many things coming at you daily and your sensory, you know, processing that if you don't just filter out some things, you're going to go, ah, too much. And so God enables us by our focus and what we're thinking about to filter out those things that don't really matter to us. Yes? And so that's what it's like. It's like if you're, you know, expecting a baby, all you can see is babies everywhere. If you are wanting a partner, all you can see is good-looking, tall, dark and handsome men. You know, like it's like, it's like that's what it is. It, it filters that out. If you're wanting a new car of a certain brand, what do you see everywhere? It's like Philip wants a certain car and we go, oh, there it is again. Oh, it is again. It's like, it's like that's what you see. It's because that is what you focus on is what you become. What you focus on is what you're looking at. And that's a God-given thing if you put it in, the, in, in what he wants it and process it, that these are the things you want. Here it is in front of you. Run towards it. Run towards it. That's why it's so important that we surround ourselves with the right people and things. You know, if we surround ourselves with the wrong people, we become 
what we surround ourselves with. So you put yourself with good people, with people that lift you up, that honour you, that help you to be better because that's what you're looking at. If you allow yourself to be around the wrong type of people who disrespect you, who speak badly to you, who just, you know, like treat you badly, then you, you are looking at that and that's what you become. That's what you focus on. So it's so important that we are filtering out all the things we don't want and focusing on those things we do want. Yeah? So... Here we go. For the next 30 days, this is your challenge. Write your t 101 goals first off this week and then get it down to 10 goals and write them down once a day. For the next 30 days, your 10 goals and write them down once a day. I want you to write them in the present tense. I am this. I have this. Not one day I'm going to be whatever kilos or one day I'm going to be fit. I am fit and healthy. I am whatever. I am going on this trip. I am driving this car. I am healthy and well. I am, my family is this. Yeah? Okay, so present tense. So write down your 10 goes once a day. Write them in the present tense. Then write them down and speak them out without looking at what you wrote the day before. If you can't remember what you wrote the day before by day three, don't worry about it. They're not that important to you. Okay? It's better to have five goals that you're honing in on than ten goals that you can't remember. Okay? Stay focused on ones that capture your imagination and motivate you to achieve. And use a notebook. I encourage you all to go out and get a notebook because God's going to work on this. He wants us to have 2020 vision and be clear because he knows that without it we wander aimlessly, that we're open to being distracted and taken out or disappointed or just feeling like what is my life about and he wants us to have purpose every day when we put our feet, open our eyes, even be, you know, before we get out of bed that we know that God has a purpose and a plan for us. We know what we're good at. We know that what we're growing in. This works. I tried this with just one word. I said this year I was going to have, my word was creativity and it kind of worked. I got paintings everywhere. I'm running art classes. It's like it worked. It's like every every time I kind of want to step back, the Lord said, "No, I told you, creativity was the word this year." So it works. What you focus on is what you become. As a man thinks, the Bible says, so is he. So 2020 is going to be a constant reminder of us to have clear, focused vision. So write down your goals, make them plain, write them down every day, and speak them out. And put them in the present tense. And in 30 days, I tell you what, you're going to go into the 1st of January knowing what you're about, what God's plan for you is, and where you're going to run. Amen? Because that's what God wants for us. He doesn't want us to come into a new year feeling despondent and discouraged. Process if you need to the past year, but you're still here. You're still here. And God still has a purpose and a plan for you. And you're still breathing. Amen? God is faithful to his word. He says, by faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. By faith and patience. Amen? So 10 things in the present tense. Speak them out that you might run with them.
Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it just encourages us. And Lord, I pray for us today and all those listening that even if we've had a really tough year or few years, Lord, that you would really, really help us to process, to allow you to come and heal our hurts and disappointment, just to, to slough off all that stuff, Lord, just to get rid of it so that we won't run into this new year and the next that's going to come, whether we like it or not, um, and like, that we would be able to run clearly and with vision. Lord, I know that it's on your heart that we would be able to not just be excited about, about the years ahead, Lord, and the months ahead. So I pray that you would just really, really minister to our hearts these next few weeks and give us clarity, protect us, Lord. I pray you would speak to us in our sleep and our dreams, that you would set people around us that are encourage us, and set things in front of us as we as we start to focus. That our, our filters would be filtering out those things that we don't want to focus on, and fit, focusing on the things that are going to take us forward. So we, I pray a blessing in each one, Lord, that you would bless us indeed, that your hand would be upon us, that you would keep us from all harm and pain, Lord, and that you would extend our territory. I pray in Jesus' name, Amen.